Greetings, Rare Ones, and welcome to the Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast. I am your host, Joanne A. Hamilton. This show is an exploration of the problems and solutions, ideas and concepts, growth and development, nuance and complexity behind emerging market startup ecosystems. Each season, I share unique conversations filled with stories from early stage founders, ecosystem builders, investors, and innovators from the front lines of global change and innovation. You will gain fresh perspective and insights, as well as learn from those on the ground who are creating the shifts and driving the action. The Rare Birds Emerging Markets Podcast is a part of the Rare Birds family of podcasts. You can find all our podcasts, TV, magazine, and additional resources by visiting our platform at www.rarebirdshq.com. The Rarebirds platform is on a mission to share the ingenuity occurring across emerging markets, one story at a time. We're here to help you as you journey along the ever-changing environment in emerging markets. We're not in the Rwanda kind of where you know, the, everything has ended and, you know, you're you are moving to places. Somalia is still in the transition from a failed state to a proper government. Even though the small brands will never compete in price, what we've been seeing is that uh, they can compete on, on story. And for us, what we do, we are storytellers. You know, it's also the kind of tea that you're making and the kind of name that you've kind of created in the market Mm. Uh, which is uh, which you kind of value with all your heart and soul. You just say, you know, let's change Africa or a solution for Africa or, or something like that because um, it's really just, just dopamine driven conversation. Uh, mm-hmm. It just doesn't really make sense to talk about a solution for Africa because Africa, Africa is not really, there is no one solution that works for Africa. Right now, um, we believe that the robotic arm, especially, is the type of robot that can help solve many problems, not only in one sector, but in different sectors around the continent at the same time. It can be a big problem for market. And sometimes in these markets too, you know, scaling doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you don't build an application over a year or two years, scale to like maybe a 600,000 or 1 million customers. It doesn't happen that way. It really takes a while. People are, people really are carefully spending the few dollars they have. Welcome back to the continuation of Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. Startup Lounge Africa is a platform designed to encourage sustainable and collaborative growth of startups in Ghana and across the African continent. Their most recent initiative, Utana Africa, is a platform designed with an all-in-one solution to facilitate sustainable and exponential growth processes for African businesses. The 54 Days Across Africa tour is aimed at highlighting startups from across the African continent. We're now on the East Africa block of the tour and you will hear me in conversation with seven startup founders hailing from Ethiopia, Kenya, South Sudan, Rwanda, Malawi, and lastly, Uganda. If you have not already done so, please listen in to the previous episodes, numbers 198 through 202, 
to hear from the founders of Startup Lounge Africa, Prince and Samuel, as well as to listen in to some of the startups featured in the West Africa block of the tour. So from our data left, getting into the data, mining the data, we did realize that uh, there's a need for an artificial intelligence, a capability tech commands that can help customers simply solve these problems without even them getting to the store. Then we have orthopedic. These have to do with bones. If you break a limb, uh, what kind of product do you need for your elbow or for your knee? Um, yeah, for different joints have different orthopedic products. When we first came up with this event planning business, our main aim was to become the biggest event planner in Africa. And after achieving that, we can promote Africans' culture, Africans' talent, and Africans' Africans heritage to the global audience. That's why we want to join the event planning business. So we really got interested from there. Uh, we told them about tech, so the deaf were like, they really got excited. They told us, ah, if you guys are really doing something about tech, why can't you just come and start working with us? Because we've been wanting someone who can assist them, especially on the technical bit. So we are growing. Uh, we are babies, but we will continue to grow as, as a nation. And I believe that going forward five, six years from now, we'll, we'll have a different Malawi. We, we also train them on to how they can respond to the customers, how they can respond to these uh, to, 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 to deliveries that they're supposed to do. So it is them, it is the riders and the passengers telling them where they wanted this to go and where they wanted you know, their, their, their delivery to be done. We are rebuilding the all-in-one platform uh, for freelancing, uh, outsourcing, remote working alongside with talent development and workforce management solutions for businesses and African talents. And welcome to the Rare Words Emerging Markets Podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay, Simon. So tell us a little bit about you outside of the startup that you're building, Simon. Who is Simon? Where are you calling us from? And uh, yeah, everything like that. All right. Uh, my name is Simon. Simon Chow. And uh, I'm from South Sudan. Uh, right now, uh, as uh, we talk, uh, I'm also in South Sudan. Yeah, so just a little bit of uh, educational background. I am an engineer, a petroleum engineer. So I, I did my bachelor's in, um, in, in Uganda uh, in a university called um, International University of East Africa. So that's a little bit about me. I am uh, 27 today as it was my birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's like a little bit about me. Thank you. Great. Well, it's great to be having you uh, join us from South Sudan. You're my second guest from South Sudan. I actually had a guest from South Sudan in our blockchain feature, but she's currently based in Kenya. But yeah, it's good to have you on. So Simon, thanks for that introduction. Now, tell us, the story behind your startup. Tell us the name of your startup and the story behind the startup you are building. 
All right. Okay. Thank you very much. And uh, I really love, uh, I really love uh, sharing about this story. Yeah. Uh, so much. <laughs> yeah. Nile so, Boulder, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. Our company, our startup company name is uh, Nile Boulder. So I think I can start by first of all, why we came up with the name Nile Boulder. So it's, it's been a long time back when we graduated and it was back in 2018. So we came all back, me and my colleague, there's my colleague called Mayan, Mayan Tut. So we all come back uh, to, to South Sudan, Juba, the capital. He came from Ethiopia, he has a bachelor's, his own bachelor's in, uh, in human resources. So we all came back and there was a lot of unemployment going on. So we, we decided to join this business, uh, the, the border business, which is, uh, it's called uh, it's called a border business. I think it's all drive from uh, Swahili, but I think it's a bike business, so motorcycle business. So we started this business as a hustle, uh, a side hustle that we hope that maybe we can get you know something better. But then we at first we never thought of like it being you know our something better. So that's how we came about. We started riding it ourselves. Uh, so. That's how we started at that. Uh, 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 at that, and Nile Border, how we founded it, is a transportation company, that whereby we use our bike to transport uh, people or goods from place to place, like from wherever it is, to wherever it is going to, to, to be. So, this business, uh, we, we we came up. In, in this way, like how we get met with this guy, it was really funny. That one time I was riding, it was not even my bike. And he was also riding and it was not even his bike. So we are just basically hustling. And we 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 had an accident. And by the time we had that accident, uh, we, we started to quarrel, you know, that anger that you, you know that you might lose your job or you might lose the only thing that is your source of income. So we started having, you know, these uh, very angry conversations. I was there uh, uh, injured. So we, we, we had a very long fight and no one was actually getting involved in the fight. So it was just us. So we decided to say, okay, now why, why are we doing this? You know, why can't we just settle it up? Because the moment we take it to, you know, we take it far, the next thing we know is that uh, the bike is going to be taken away from us. His bike is going to be taken away from his and, you know, I mean, from himself and my bike is also going to, to be taken away from, from me. Uh, they will think that we are careless. So we decided to settle it up. You know, as a very young, uh, uh, young South Sudanese in the country where there is a very high unemployment. So we, we, we use that to be the hustle thing that we, you know, we generate something for ourselves. So after when we settle this, we realized that if we can settle this, why can't we, you know, make it something better? Why can't we move on, you know, with it and make it something better? So that's when we started to, you know, to to take to drop people, and when we drop people, we develop a, a system of uh, having a business card whereby we talk to our customers. We, you know, we tell them that, and we tell them about the experience they have when we were riding, and you know, and and when if they need any ride or if they want something to be delivered to them, they can always call us. It doesn't matter if they don't have the money at the same time. So we, we started giving out cards and you know, introducing uh, ourselves to the people so, so that we can be able to deliver their things or they can be able to call us at any time. 
so we can be able to drop them off. So by doing that, we started having uh, like tremendous growth in the in, in our financial, uh, you know, in our financial uh, uh, breakdown. So we realized that this is actually a very good business. So now, why can't we, you know, bring something in? Like, for example, uh, in South Sudan, there has been a lot and a lot and a lot of accidents that has been happening, and it has been really, really so bad, mostly with the people who are riding bikes. We realized that even helmets was not a thing, you know, like wearing a helmet is been, is been misinterpreted to, you know, to only the people who are working with organizations or big, big, big companies or people who do not know even how to ride a bike are the ones who are supposed to wear this. With these in place, there were a lot of accidents and a lot of death that comes, you know, all the way from that side. We, we started having, uh, we started educating ourselves into the use and, you know, uh, into the use of the helmet and, and, and a jacket for reflection at night and all that. So we can be organized and we can also shape different the border business. So after doing that, we realized that we really, we are really moving on and we are really, you know, getting better at this. So why don't we find a name or why can't we make it a company whereby we can be able to lease out bikes? Because there are a lot of unemployed, uh, unemployed uh, graduates out there who are actually looking for a job or who are willing to do anything, you know, just to sustain their life. So we thought of like, why can't we raise our money? We get bikes and we, you know, we, we get some of these guys to also work. And by doing so, they will be paying us some little, little money and to a period of time whereby they can own this bike and it becomes their own. So that's when we started, you know, putting up some money up, up, up until we get uh, two bikes. Then we name it after us and then we gave it out. And, and that's how we started moving. So we thought of like, we should have a name. And with this name, you know, we have to, it has to, it has to have our background, you know, like how we started inside. So that's how we came up with this name, Nile Border. Now, the Nile, it represents us, the South Sudan. So we have one of the longest uh, river, which is the River Nile that is passing through South Sudan. So we took of that to be uh, the first. So then the next one is the border. Now, we, with that, we, we, we have this in, in, in us that we wanted the vision. We wanted the vision to be as long as the Nile in border. So that's why we came up with the name Nile Border. So that's how the name came about, and that's how we came about to, you know, to introduce this uh, into the market. Now we started educating also our uh, our colleagues also in the business on to the use of the helmet and 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 how uh, it can protect them, and not only just protect them, and also you know make them uh, organize in such and such a way. So we we also introduce in a training center whereby we. Before you join us, you can be able to, you can be able to be trained onto the road safety and also the use of the helmet and all that. So one of the things that we are also trying to include again and increase, uh, increase into our business is the use of the app. Like we realized that there are a lot of bad roads and and with the bad roads that some places are inaccessible for vehicles. Like for example, the buses or the taxis that are around town, so they cannot be able to reach them. So for us to be able to reach these people who need this service, this transportation service, we are supposed to have something that can connect us to them. So we came up with the idea of a Nile Border app that can be able to connect us all 
through the services that we are going to be delivering. So little by little, we started moving on and moving on. And now we are in the process of making sure that we launch uh, the app because there's some few still bugs that we are fixing. So we are soon to, 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 to make it go live. I think that's uh, a little bit of the, the story of how we came about and how we reached to, to get here as Nile Border. Nile Border. So Nile Border is essentially a delivery and a logistics company. Yeah, we, we do delivery. We also we, we deliver if you need delivery. We sign up with companies that actually need that. And then we move on with it, like we deliver their things to wherever they wanted us to deliver. And also we are transporting people. Like if you need to go anywhere, we can be able to take you there, like wherever you're going. Okay. So you fall on under the right, you fall under the umbrella of a bike hailing startup. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, if you could tell me what exactly is it, like what's the main problem that you're solving at Nile Boda? All right. So uh, what I can say is the main problem that we are solving, it's joined together also with, uh, like it's joined, it's two joined together. So one of the biggest that we are right now having is the unemployment, the, uh, the, the rate of the unemployment uh, for youth is too high. So we decided to come up with this idea of leasing out these bikes. Like we get bikes, we get bikes that are new and then we lease it out to the, to, to, to the youth who are willing to, to, to work. So after leasing this, we make sure that they work for a certain period of time and by that period of time, they own the bike. They take it and they own it. So that's one. And then now introducing the app is also to help them increase their finances, their finances, because the bike business is also getting a little bit bigger and bigger and people are joining in. So we also wanted to make, put it onto us to also increase that, uh, that financial projection that is on their side. Okay. So the business model is such that you buy new bikes and then you lease them out to a, a sort of a younger, uh, I, I would say you're the, the people who are are, are using, that you're leasing the bikes to, they're within a certain to age. To the unemployed group, youth. The unemployed youth, right? Okay. Yep. And yep. They, they pay a fee, they lease, they pay a fee with the lease, and then they are then responding to, are they using the bikes uh, on their own or, they, or are they responding to sort of routes that you're giving them and telling them where to go, like in response to a service from a customer. All right, okay. So what we do is this, that when we are leasing the bike, because uh, we are a border company, we are a transportation company. So what we do is we lease you the bike after we train you on on, on, on the things, on also the company laws and, and, and the, the company rules. So okay. by that, I mean that we, 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 we do services to the people. Like it's, it, is the, it is the responsibility of the passenger or it's the responsibility of the person who their things are supposed to be delivered, tell the rider where they wanted this to be or where they wanted them, like where they wanted them to go. So it's now onto this, on, onto the passengers, onto the customers who would direct onto where they are going. So that's, that, that's how we do it. And uh, also, with this leasing of the bike, this all these youth that came in and signed with us, 
after when we train them and then we employ them and we give them the bike. So what they do is we, we also train them on to how they can respond to the customers, how they can respond to these, uh, to, 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 to deliveries that they're supposed to do. So it is them, it is the riders and the passengers telling them where they wanted this to go and where they wanted you know, their, their, their delivery to be done. Okay, now I understand. So there's no like central, it's not like they're calling your company and you're dispatching them. It's they're actually independent. They're sort of independent bikers who have leased these bikes from you. And it's it's almost like they're freelancers. They're doing their own thing on your bikes. Yeah, but also we make sure that we have a call center. Mm. And we also, yeah, we have... Uh, office staff who are going to be monitoring onto the things that are unlawful, so controlled uh, to that. Like our helmet and the jacket, we, we have some serial numbers that any of our rider can be having that uh, serial number so that in case there's anything that happens that is unlawful on the road, we can be able to be always notified and we, we, we rectify all this. So we have a call center that mm. all these things can be directed to so that we also monitor exactly like what they are doing also out there. Right. So you have a tracking system. So all your bikes are tracked once they're out on the road. Exactly. Okay. okay. So then how does that transaction work? Is it that they get the 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 rider gets to keep a percentage of what of what of the payment made? Uh, how does yeah. how does that it's it's more like up? a subscription because we understood that uh, a lot of riders are actually having responsibilities, like a lot of responsibilities, a lot of these people who uh, a lot of these youth that come, uh, they have a lot of responsibilities. Some of them are married. Actually, most of them are married. So married with kids and they have responsibilities. So we, 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 we derive this kind of a way whereby we have a, a certain amount that they can pay on a daily basis, six days a week. So they pay at the end of the week. So it's more like a subscription kind of model that we have a specific uh, figure that they pay, which is very little. It can be like uh, it can be like uh, ten or five percent of what they're making per day. Mm. Yeah, so that's that's what they pay for that period of time, like at least a year and a half. Okay, all right. And are you the only bike hailing uh, startup in your country, or are, is there competition? Well, right now the competition that we have are the are the other are those ones who are who are riding their own on their individual, you know, on their individual basis. Uh, but then uh, a bike hailing company like us, it's not there except a taxi, uh, a taxi company. There is a, there's a company called uh, Shiloana. There's another one called Raba. Mm. There's another one is Taxify. So these are the guys that, uh, that are, are the giants. Understood. Maybe in the part of the taxis, yeah. Okay. And you guys have an app as well? Download the app? Yeah. The, people, people? Yeah. Okay. Got it. Yeah. We, we have an app and uh, the app, we are also working on it to make it also like uh, better, to make it also perfect and, and, and work really, really well to that uh, international level. Sure. Now, one of the main problem you said you're solving is unemployment. So give us an idea of how many people are, how many young people are, are leasing your bikes? Yeah, right now we have uh, about a hundred 
Mm. And we have like uh, more than 1,000 applications that we haven't yet, uh, we haven't yet even given them a bike and they're still on a penny. Wow, interesting. Now, I'm sure you've been hearing about, you know, bike healing startups across Africa, many issues, different countries, different challenges. What have been the yeah. challenges that you you faced in South Sudan building your uh, bike healing startup? All right, so one of the biggest problems that we are facing is that uh, our our riders or our a little bit behind on to like onto, onto technology. So it's also now our responsibility to make sure that we teach them. The rest of the world is moving on with technology and we are not supposed to be remaining behind with technology. So we are we took it onto us to train them how to use this, uh, how to use this new system, how to use this, uh, I mean, the, to use the app itself. So this is one of the biggest challenge. And the other challenge I can say is this, that um, a, lot of, a, lot of the, a lot of youth uh, having this uh, very, I mean, a very big misconception of wearing a helmet or wearing a jacket. There's a way it, it, it's different. You know, when something is new in the market, you start feeling different. That, that's one of the biggest challenge that we are facing right now because we wanted them to be different. We wanted, we wanted people to trust them because they can trust us. We have started long, long way back. So we, we wanted people to trust them the same way people have been trusting us. But then it was a challenge and it's, we are still on to fixing it that uh, we make sure that uh, every rider who steps out uh, wears a helmet or a jacket. Like right now in South Sudan, you can see that 90% uh, of anyone who steps on the road is not wearing a helmet. Right, Except right, those who right. are working with NGOs or working with the government or those who are working uh, working with, uh, with companies like uh, MTN and things like that. So we are trying to make sure that that is also being protected because most of the most of the accidents that happen and and the reason for the cause of the death that we have gotten is through the injuries from the head. So that's the that's the thing we are trying to protect, but making people to understand this new thing that just came up into the market, it's, it was a really big challenge unto us. So we are, we are still working on it. We need still more to put in it. Right, and what are the current regulations in South Sudan around bike hailing uh, services? So right now, um, since it's also new into the market, um, we, we do not have really like a lot of challenges on the road with the policies that are there. Um, they are also seeing it as, uh, as, as, as something that is, uh, that, that is going to add in onto simplifying the, their work. Like we have this, uh, we, have, uh, we have an association called uh, Boda Boda Association, a South Sudan Boda Boda Association. So these guys are basically there to protect the border riders also. It's another way of how they, they can be able to pay taxes in time and all that. So they, the policies that are there is all aligning onto that. And they are actually trying to, like they, 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 one time they call us and they ask that we, if we can add onto them, some of the things that we do so that we all, you know, like we add in into the, 
into the into the things that I was already working uh, into the bike hailing company. So like one of which is this, that there have been a lot of theft, uh, a lot of theft on bikes. So like approximate of uh, 46, 46 bikes a week can be stolen. Mm. So they ask us onto the ways of how we can be, I mean, uh, the bikes can be protected. So we introduced them to a tracking system. So some of these things were not there into, you know, in, in, in our policies, like uh, a private company can own a, 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 a tracking system company. So they consider this thing to be a, a security thing, but now they are looking into the, into the benefits and how they are going to solve a lot of problems if they can use also some of the things that we are using, some of the services that we are, we are using. Right, right. Now, do you, in, in the future, see your um, bike hailing startup potentially evolve, offering other services like uh, food delivery or becoming maybe a super app in your country? since that's generally what happens with a lot of other, at least other successful um, bike healing startups. Is that where you would like this yeah. to go? Yeah, 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 definitely. Like that is that is even why the name is Nile Border because mm -hmm. the name Nile, yeah, mm -hmm. is we need the vision to be that longer, you know, long like the River Nile. Got yeah. it. So we are looking forward into also extending the services like far beyond that. We also look, we are looking into ways of how we are going to be connecting also the, the, the small cities in the country. Uh, there's, there's like there are a lot of, uh, there are a lot of states we have in South Sudan. So also connecting these cities, which is one day is going to also need our service. See, like, so we look into that as to be something that can be really, really big in the future. Right. Interesting. So you want to extend this along um, beyond South Sudan. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward also into extending it far beyond that. Okay. Hence Nile Boda. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. Interesting. Really interesting. So tell us about your team. You mentioned that in the beginning it was a few of you together. Can you just tell us a bit more details about your team and like your structure and how you guys work together? All right, so uh, the team members, we the, the ones that are basically uh, uh, on on top, that are managing most of the most of the the managerial position. We are three at the moment. So the first one is uh, it's called Tesco. He he runs another company, but we he is he's also our he is also part of us. He is the person that gives us the support, you know, gives us the, the, the like he, he also shares his wisdom into business. Like he's been also in business for a very long time, like a approximate of six years in business. So this is one of the person that uh, we are looking up to, to for, for, for advices also for, for management um, uh, uh, decisions. So this is one. Uh, the next person who is the CEO of the company right now is uh, is Mayam Tud. So this is the guy that I told you that uh, we we started with. Uh, we started as writers. He has a bachelor's in human resource, so he's helping a lot also into the, the, the recruitment. How we can recruit? How we can also you know like uh, expand and how we can um, 
uh, how, how we can how we can move on from the from phase one that we started and move on to the next phase. And the third person who is now the operation is that the operation is me myself Simon. So I'm the person who is now responsible onto the field while the things that are happening in the field, the, how the finances is you know is being maintained and, and and all that. So these are this this these are the three top manager i mean uh, the these are the three top management uh that we have right now all right great well i'm not going to ask you where you see this going in five to ten years because you already told us where it's going you want this to be yep. a super app and you want it to extend along east africa as long as the nile right exactly right okay so yeah. final, final question i have for you what lessons have you learned from your entrepreneur entrepreneurial journey thus far that you'd like to share with our listeners our real ones all right so one of the things that i learned is this that um you know going going to school doesn't guarantee that uh doesn't guarantee that you are going to get a job and even if you would get a job it's not a guarantee that your life is going to turn out better so it's a daily thing it's a day-to-day -day thing that every time you're going to meet a challenge onto you know like ahead of you and 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 that's what I learned from entrepreneurship, that when you go to school, you look at it as, as a place where you get to, you know, you get to make mistakes and learn how to come up with solutions. And so when you come into the world, you have to use these solutions and find these problems that are there that you can be able to solve them. So this is the mentality that we came with, and this is the mentality that we are still moving on. And this is a, this is something that I've learned, and I really cherish so much that uh, that if I would be an engineer, like if I would be an engineer today, I would not have you know like have thought or have learned that. But then now being in this uh, in, in this position, you know, being an entrepreneur uh, makes me learn that it's not the end of the road if you cannot get a job. It is the challenge that you're supposed to solve yourself. So if you can find it a challenge, then you went to school to get a solution. So you are in the right position now to find that solution, to put it in place. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's so true. And you essentially solved your own problem because you're creating jobs for people. That's, that's the main thing. So how many jobs do you think you would have created or would you like to create? This is, here we go, this is a good question for you. In five to 10 years, how many jobs do you think you would have created? We'd have liked to create. Right. So we we are looking into like at least uh, 10,000. Amazing. 10,000. 10,000 jobs. Yeah. 10,000 jobs in 10 years. 10,000 jobs. That's really cool. And the majority yeah. of the people in South Sudan are young, right? I imagine majority are like under age 25. 35. 35, 35 yeah. below. Yeah. yeah, so so there are a lot of a lot of men, a lot of men. Do you have female writers? Do I have what? Do you have female writers or are they mostly men, boys and men? Yeah, most of them are men mm -hmm. uh, at the moment, but we are really encouraging women to come like uh, to come uh, in board, but they usually have choices. Mm -hmm. uh, they they ask us to 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 design for them something different. Mm. Not to be the same because they looked at uh, they look at the bike because right now at the moment we're using a uh, bajaj. It's uh, 
is this bike coming all the way from uh, from India. So mm. they look at the bike as to be designed for men. So they ask us to put it under, uh, under consideration to get for them uh, a different choice that can fit the uh, and fit uh, women. Okay, and is that where you're sourcing all of your bikes from India? Is that where your bikes come from? Yeah, currently every single bike that comes into South Sudan comes all the way from India because that's what uh, the, the the passengers or the customers prefer. Okay, so you you buy them brand new. You've got a supplier that you're buying them from, or are they secondhand? Yeah, they are brand new. Okay, we got have it. suppliers that uh, that uh, that are or like really really helping us into that. Really good, interesting. Okay, so Simon, if if people want to reach out to you, how do they get in contact with you? Can you give us your email address or website or your social media handle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we we are on social media. Basically, the, the reason why we choose Facebook, we are a lot more in Facebook more than uh, the rest of the social media. But that that doesn't mean that we that, I mean uh, we cannot reach through them. It's just that uh, a lot of people our our South Sudanese people are so much into Facebook. So we have a page on, 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 on Facebook, it's called Nile Border. So the moment you type Nile Border, you, you get all the information there, even, in, I mean, including my contact, because I'm in the operation, so everything comes straight there to, to, to me. So, and also, if you wanted in case to reach me uh, through email, uh, it is simon at nileborder.com. We also have a website. Uh, the website is nileborder.com. We have uh, an Instagram account. It is also Nile Border. And uh, we have uh, a Twitter account. It's also Nile Border. We have a uh, LinkedIn account. It's Nile Border, though it's a little bit down. A lot of people are not in that, uh, in link, LinkedIn. So these are, these, these are the top, uh, these are the top uh, uh, gateways that you can, can be able to reach us and also know a little bit more about us or me personally. Awesome. And uh, I got to say the colors of your of your jacket, they're they're quite cool. If it's it's like a like a purple lilac kind of color, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I it's was more checking. Like yeah, it's really cool. I like that. I love the color. I was uh, checking out your website. Yeah, really cool website. Nileboda.com. Well, it was a real pleasure to speak with you, Simon. Real pleasure to speak with you and to hear about what you guys are building. So until next time, folks, bye for now. Thank you. My pleasure, Simon. Rare Ones, thanks for listening in to Series 10, 54 Days Across Africa, a collaboration with Ghana's Startup Lounge Africa. I look forward to being with you again next week as we continue hearing from some of the startups featured on the East Africa block of the tour. In the meantime, visit the Kutana Africa platform at www.kutanaafrica.com. If you enjoyed this conversation, do share it with your friends. Visit the Rare Birds platform to learn and hear more from startups in emerging markets. Download our podcast episodes by visiting the website at www.rimbirdshq.com. You can also listen in via iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. 
Join our growing global community of rare ones by subscribing to our weekly newsletter on our website and visit our shop to purchase some rare gear for yourself or as a gift for your friends. Thanks again for listening in and until next time, rare ones. Bye for now.